Welcome everyone to episode 52 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular site dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and in this episode, we pick up where we left off from episode 51 with HSO Solutions Specialist Keith Watling. Keith tells us how, with the right mindset, any challenge can be overcome. And we begin this episode with Keith highlighting where the influence of others is so important in shaping our own work and lives. So grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What else could be done? You've got to made the path. Look at James Phillips. Look at the guy who's sort of, you know, overseen it as a corporate vice president of Microsoft. Right. And, and hearing that man speak is one of the most important moments of my, my career when he showed a picture of, of a workspace, a computerized workspace back in the 70s and said, that screen is the same screen you've got in front of you for business software today. It's forms over data. It's not computer games. It's not AI. It's not this, that and the other. It is quite literally answering and i've added this bit the five business questions who why what when where and if you can figure out the who what what when when where for each business problem and you can answer that then you give people you fill in the data holes right so there's so many holes in data and and it's that's the most important bit i think if there's one takeaway for anybody today like who's looking to get into power platform it's not about the app. It's not about the interface. It's not about the automation. It's not about the cool, cool code you write. It's about the data. It was always about the data. It will always be about the data. The data is the most is the most important bit. It's where all the intelligence lies. It's where all the value lies. Everything else is just decorating that data with something else or enabling you to manipulate that data in easier fashion, right? And that's what Power Platform allows you to do, right? You are just creating a better access database. When you take it, when you, if you start in Excel and Access, you're going to move from Excel when you realize you need relationships to Access. You're going to move from Access to SQL Server when you need when you realize you need to get it to the cloud. But at the end of the day, you're still having the same thing. You've got a record and you've decorated that record, finding a way that you can identify it with something. Power Platform allows you to do that beautifully, like that interaction with that data navigating the data model, doing the actions on the data model with Power Automate and analyzing them in Power BI. And there's no lid to it. So in HSO, the beautiful thing is, is that our cloud application platform department is lidless. So yes, we will look to extend your Power Platform or your, your, your problem with Power Platform first. There's the first layer of extensibility inside of, um, inside of the Microsoft stack. But we don't cap it and say that's all we do. We say, right, this workload is coming to Power Platform. These bits fit beautifully inside of Power Platform, either apps or Power Automate or Power BI. However, this specific part of the workload requires a pro-code approach where the, the automotive side of Power Automate, for example, someone would try and, in, in other places, they would try and use that as Power Integrate. They would try and get it to sort of integrate thousands of records and all that kind of stuff. So at HSI, we have a different approach where we're leveling the Power Platform offerings and saying, yes, this sits beautifully inside the platform. And the workload to the end user appears inside the platform. But some of the machinery that happens behind it requires a much more grown-up and mature approach. Um, and we also have a lot of governance stuff that we talk about around it as well, because there's a whole bunch of stuff going to that. And that was the other thing as well in the, in the bus industry, yeah. was, um, was when we kind of started building this cool stuff and doing all this really awesome you know, development other people got interested 
And then it got to a point of people turning around to me and saying, well, Keith, how do we govern the 20 people who all now want to make an app? And now those 20 people have made an app. There's another 500 people who want to make an app. I was going to so ask you, what, what, what is stopping other people from taking the same sort of path as you and these other people that you're talking about? Is there anything stopping them from having a need, having an idea and then sort of building on it and no. realising it? When was there ever anything stopping anybody from doing anything <laughs> other than themselves? Right? The, only, the only person stopping you from doing anything is yourself. You can, anyone can do anything if they put their mind to it. But it's that, it's putting your mind to it. And, and I invested a a huge amount of time in learning this thing, you know, not for the faint-hearted at all. Emily Amco, our consultant director, she's phenomenal. And she's got this phrase, and it's one of the most important things you can come to realize about Power Platform, where it's perceived as low-code, no-code, and, and, and easier development. It's just because it's low-code, no-code. doesn't mean it's low-complexity and low-quality. Um, low it doesn't at all. You can make a real pig's ear of something in it. You know, okay. you can have the world's ugliest Excel workbook or you can have a beautiful Excel workbook, right? It's the same with Power Platform. You can, you can make it look and function beautifully and sing beautifully and really solve a business problem. Or you can go and replace a workload with it and create more of a problem when, when you started through poor, poor implementation. So there is that risk. If you're going and replacing something like Excel, and it's, a, it's something I would see a lot, is people going in there and they'll go and replace Excel, which is the do anything, go anywhere, do what you like, tool of the century, copy and paste, you know, got all the tools and paraphernalia. They'll yeah. go and recreate it in Power Platform. They won't have architected it properly. They won't have thought about it properly. They won't have done the user experience story properly. And they then go and create an additional problem in the fact that the app that they've built isn't as fast, isn't as robust. You know, it, it's, it's now cost people in the business time rather than saving time. So there is trade-offs there that you've got to be careful of, and, and you need an experienced team to do that. And luckily, at HSO, we've got a very, very experienced yeah, really team. Have. What advice would you give to uh, anyone who uh, who knows there's a need, who realises there's a problem that can be solved, but as you say, it, it, low code, no code, doesn't mean you can't go at it straight on. You can't solve problems straight away. Where can they start? Where can somebody like yourself, this is just about learning yeah. it, learning it, learning it, spending time on it, and then... Was there something else? Well, you don't, you, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the problem with with um, app development, and traditional app development, and not necessarily Power Platform, is yeah. when you build something, you don't throw it away. One of the most important things I ever did in Power Apps was to delete an app, <laughs> right? Because it was rubbish. I built an app, it was dreadful, and I just deleted it. It was terrible. And that is so important to realise is that you can throw it away and start again if you've got if you've not got to gone too far yeah. so I, I, I remember having a conversation with someone we were talking about um some sort of assessment i think it was uh, when we was on the buses and um and there was an argument about how the assessment was to be done and how we were to score it and i'd put a little star slider down the bottom of saying like you know one to five stars and it was more of an argument about what the stars meant than, than actually it being on the app and i remember going in running to and from the manager's office going right okay so you want the stars in there okay i put the stars back in and Five stars means good and zero stars means unsatisfactory. Well, actually, no, we want it, we want zero stars to be satisfactory because we don't want them to do anything unsatisfactory. We want five stars to be exemplary. And <laughs> we must have changed that about 25 times that day. And I just came in and hit, you know, publish, 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 publish. And I, I suppose my message is, is that it's never done. Nothing is ever fully baked. And, and whatever platform 
whatever app you build, you need to go, like if you build an app a year ago, you've got to go back and revisit it. You've got to go back and tidy it up. You've got to come in and sort of like okay. link it all up together. And, and apps shouldn't exist in isolation. They're part of a platform. And it's, it's about when all the data talks together. It's about like when, on the buses, when you broke down those data silos between the route control and operations and engineering, for example, or in the same in a warehouse between between the various bits and pieces of that. If you can, if you can have an app over here that tells someone over there what to do, and they can feedback and complete that digital feedback loop, that's where the real import comes. That's where the, the okay. cheddar is, you know. Where do you think we're going next, then, with power apps? We've already spoken about you know it's not quite as simple as low code, no code, but there is a lot more flexibility in power apps, and it allows you to solve a lot more problems. It allows you to realise a lot more of your imagination if you can come up with the, uh, yeah. the problem. But what's next yeah. with it? Then where's it going? Well, I think we'll see more. I think think we we'll see its ability to handle more complex data increase. I think there will be more places you'll see Power Platform natively appearing in Microsoft land. So if you're in finance and operations, you, there's a little Power Platform logo in the top right-hand right. side. If you're in Azure, there's a little Power Platform thing that says, you know, make, a, make an app out of MySQL database. If you're in SharePoint, you'll see that little thing there that says you want to make Power App out of this list. I think that's going to become more and more of a thing. I also think that Dataverse, the thing that underpins the Power Platform's backend, not that it can have many backends, it's 500 you know, data connectors. Yeah. One of just so happens to be Dataverse, but it is very, very good. I think you'll see the synergy between Canvas apps, model-driven apps, Power Automate, the whole thing become closer and closer together. We're already seeing that with Power Apps Pages, which is just a phenomenal way of interacting with model-driven applications, the, the, the more traditional first-party apps. I just think we'll see a blurring of where Power Platform is inside of Microsoft because it is the it, it's one of the first things you've ever seen in Microsoft to transition all three clouds: modern workplace, yeah, Azure, great. and the, the Dynamics cloud. Like and and that that layer of extensibility and having their fingers in all of the pies, it just seems that it's going to become more and more useful to more and more people. So watch this space.